Let's pray. Lord Jesus, come and speak your words, not mine. Give each and every one of us ears to hear what you want to say, hearts to receive, and grant us all a fresh revelation of you and your spirit. Amen. Amen. Um, I've had one of those moments of going, oh, poo. As the reading was happening, I realised I wrote down the verses wrong. So I've, I've planned a sermon. I've missed out in my sermon the last three verses. The really crucial three verses. The verses that talk about Jesus rising from the dead for our sins. So I'm really sorry. The most important thing to know about Death can't hold Jesus back. Nothing can hold Jesus back. Jesus is so powerful. He loves us so much that nothing can hold him back. He will break out of anything and anywhere for us because he loves us. So if you don't listen to anything else, that is the most important thing to take away. The last three verses of this passage, because I'm a twit and I wrote them down wrong and I only wrote down up to verses 21. Yes, man decided they wanted to destroy Jesus. They nailed him to a cross, whopping great nails through his wrists. And he did that for us. He did that thinking of us because we can't get our stuff sorted and our stuff straight. And then he was raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead because nothing can hold him back. He wants that relationship with us. He wants that connection with us because he loves us so much. And that, that is the crux of this. That's the book of Acts, and particularly Peter's sermon as he stands up on the day of Pentecost, is all about the gospel. It is this message of Jesus has done it. Jesus is amazing. Jesus has broken out of death because he loves us. So if you don't listen to the rest of it, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But that's the most important bit. Now, I love Peter. Peter is one of my all-time favourite biblical people, after Jesus, obviously, because he's been on one heck of a journey He used to be really quite an unstable leader. During Jesus' ministry, he would go from speaking biblical truth. You, you Jesus, you are the son of God. I know this. Stop talking Jesus. He actually shushed Jesus. And then Jesus had to tell him off. I love this guy. And his bravado was absolutely his downfall. I relate to him in many ways. Um, He even denied that he knew Jesus. But Jesus restored him. Jesus forgave him. And on this day of when the Holy Spirit descends, he is standing up humbly but boldly declaring the gospel of truth to all who are willing to hear him. His confidence came from the Holy Spirit and it made him a dynamic and a powerful speaker. This shows us no matter what has happened before, no matter where we have been, what we have done, any of our baggage and our rubbish and our stuff God can use us powerfully. No matter if we've actually just kind of bobbed along, being kind of lukewarm, just going, yeah, go to church on Sunday, potter on, do our thing. God can use us powerfully. No matter what happened, God promises to forgive us and he will make us useful in his kingdom. So let's choose Jesus. Peter, Marianne, yesterday at the ladies' breakfast, was talking about Peter had that moment where he chose Jesus. He chose to get out of that fishing boat and go meet Jesus on the breakfast sh- on the shore where he was cooking breakfast and go, I'm a twit, I'm really sorry. He chose to do that. He didn't just go, he didn't run away. He chose to embrace it. He chose to man up or lady up and woman up or whatever and he took it head on and Jesus forgave him. Jesus will always forgive us. Sometimes our pride gets in the way of that, but he will always forgive us. 
And then, oh boy, did Jesus use him effectively to serve the church, to advance the kingdom, to change lives dramatically. Don't worry. Don't, if you're sat there going, I don't want to end up like Peter standing on the box in the middle of a street telling people about Jesus. God's not like that. He will use the people who can do that to do that, but he will use us all in many different ways. He's put gifts in us and he wants to use those gifts that he has given us to advance his kingdom and to do amazing things. We've just got to be willing and go, I'm here. And he will, he will use us. Now, I absolutely love, the bit I love in this passage is Peter has to stand up and he's got to justify to these crowds of people that they're not drunk. And there would have been about 120, David said last week, in that room that the Holy Spirit descended on. And they're going around and he's got to, it would have been mad. They would have been shouting, they would have been exclaiming, they would have been speaking in other languages. They wouldn't have any ambitions. They wouldn't be going, oh, large crowd of people, I'm not here. They would have just joyful, utter, pure joy. And that may have come across as drunk. But that's God in action. Joy. Pure joy, no shame, no inhibitions holding us back, just confidence. Total confidence in what they are declaring. And what they were declaring is that God is good. They were proclaiming God's awesomeness and nothing held them back. I would love to feel that free, that joyful, that content, not caring what people thought. They just wanted to praise God. Um... And the Holy Spirit works in amazing ways. I used to help at a summer camp with Scripture Union. It was brilliant um, years ago. And I remember we prayed for a girl called Beth one evening. Lovely girl, really down to earth. She's the sort of kid you want in your lessons as a teacher. She's hardworking. She's level-headed. She's the sort of girl you'd want to come and babysit for your kids. Really, really nice kid. And we were praying for her. And she just started giggling. And then she just started laughing. And for two hours solid, she just laughed proper hysterical belly laugh she couldn't stop we couldn't speak to her she was just laughing and towards the end she started just sort of calming down and just (laughs) she just started giggling she had this amazing encounter with the holy spirit because he touched her in a way no one expected and that's what the holy spirit did on the day of pentecost he touched people in ways they hadn't expected but utterly amazing So, the Holy Spirit is at work on that day of Pentecost. Peter needs to make it very clear it's not alcohol-induced. I remember reading a book years ago called Nine O'Clock in the Morning. Cracking book. I recommend it. It's all about the workings of the Holy Spirit. But it's just this idea of, can't be drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. It had to be something else. It had to be God. Because they were so full of joy. Now, the purpose of Peter's sermon is in Greek, I'd love to throw in a Greek word, known as kerugma. I think that sounds quite cool, kerugma. I'm probably pronouncing it totally wrong. It literally means herald's announcement. It's a plain statement of facts. And this is exactly what Peter was doing in the last three verses that I missed out. Um, it was a, just an explanation to everyone. This is who Jesus is. This is what he's done. Woohoo. Um, and there's no doubt it's the gospel in the nutshell. Gospel in the nutshell. Because the Jews, for years, had realised they weren't going to fix fix their situation. They were the chosen nation, but actually they were in a mess. They needed God to intervene. They'd been waiting for the day of the Lord, or the last day, depending on which translation you read. When he would come back, when he would restore his people, the Jews, freeing from 
freeing them from oppression. And boy, had they been oppressed for a very, very long time. But Jesus did so much more than that. It wasn't just the Jews he came to save, but all people, regardless of race, colour, background, education, past. He came for all people. And by dying on the cross, which is really not what the Jews had envisaged when they planned for their Messiah, and, but God rarely acts in the ways we actually expect him to, um, Jesus took all the sin onto himself so that we can have a real, true, deep, honest, loving, genuine, open relationship with him, with God. Jesus came to free every single one of us from oppression, from the yoke of slavery that holds us back, that chains us down, that stops us from being free, that prevents us from being who God truly made us to be in his image, his masterpiece. We've been living under this yoke of slavery. The Jewish people have been living, all people, been living under this yoke of slavery, this shame, this guilt. This yoke of unforgiveness and regret. But that's not what God has for us. That's not why Jesus went to the cross. That's not why the Holy Spirit came. Peter was saying to the Jews, for generations you have dreamed of the day of God. The day when God would break into history. Now, in Jesus, that day has come. Peter was standing up, filled, overflowing with the Holy Spirit, speaking out the truth of what Jesus had done. To prove that Jesus had been prophesied for hundreds of years to prove that the arrival of the Holy Spirit had been prophesied for hundreds and thousands of years. And he uses that passage from Joel to make it clear. Now, whilst not everything in the passage of Joel was fulfilled on that day of Pentecost, much of it was. But Joel starts off by referring to the last days, which refers to the gap between Jesus' first coming and his second coming. It's another way of saying, from now on. Oh, I really want to launch into a song from The Greatest Showman. Um, I shall resist. Personally, I really struggle with the idea of these being the last days. They've gone on so long. 2,000 years is not the last days. It's... But actually, I was challenged. Shift your perspective. Don't look at it like this. Look like this. From the point of view of eternity, all of time, forever and ever and ever, 2,000 years, it's like that. So actually, whilst I'm going, that's not last days, that's a really long time. Actually, in the perspective of eternity, it's the blink of an eye. And even Moses yearned for the day when the Lord would put his spirit on everyone in Numbers chapter 11. And Pentecost was that day, released throughout the entire world to men, women, children, slaves, Jews, Gentiles. Every single person can receive the Holy Spirit was revolutionary to first century Jews and is pretty revolutionary to most of us now. And it might seem quite scary. I can say this because he's not in here. My husband, a little bit freaked out by the idea of prophesying and loud noises and people speaking in weird languages, just not his bag. And some people might go, that's quite scary, not sure I want the Holy Spirit, going that way. But actually, it's amazing. And The idea of having dreams and seeing visions of what God wants, um, of where he wants you to act and how he wants you to act. The idea of prophesying. You don't need to be standing on the box on the side of the street. Some people can do it. That's brilliant. I have total respect for them. But that's not how he has to work. 
You don't need, the Holy Spirit doesn't need to be a scary thing. Because God is good, Jesus is love, and the Holy Spirit is them in action. That's not scary. That's love and goodness in action. What's not to love? The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the outpouring of God's love in our lives. Bring it on. Let's welcome it. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to come and see how he will work in us and through us to be his hands and his feet to the world around us. When we welcome the Holy Spirit, he can set us free, truly free to be who he's made us to be, no longer held back by fear, shame, guilt. I want that. I want to be like Peter. I want to be humbly and boldly walking out there. I want people to think, she's on the source again. But no, just be filled with joy, such joy that it overflows. I want some of that. Holy Spirit, come. Let's, let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Do what you want to do. Reach into the hearts and minds of each and every one of us. Because we are your masterpiece. You knit us together in our mother's wombs. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are your children and you love us. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Empower us and overflow from us so that we can truly be who you have made us to be. Fully and completely alive for you. To serve you, to glorify your name and to advance your kingdom. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen.